0: This is a BoardWalk Audio podcast. Uh, 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 Check it. You are now tuned in to Fish Out of the Water, where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor. Tweety
1: and Jeremiah mix it up like honor farmers, making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars. This is, this is Fish Out of Water. This is Fish Out of Water. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fish Out of Water. I'm Ryan. Uh, I'm Jeremiah. Uh, today, we have a... Uh, a, a good friend of ours, a great guest. He wanted to just say his name, but we won't do that. Um, he is—he's uh, humble. He's very humble. Yes, that's the <laughs> you guys that's, are really kind. That's, 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 that's the really main, sweet. Of you. That's the main descriptor of uh, this gentleman who sits in front of us. He is—he's uh, a performer on uh, the UCB Mod team, the New Deal. He's been in and out of all of uh, the sketch community here in the Los Angeles area. He's a great, great guy, Nate K. Wood. Nate K. Hey, whatever. Thanks everybody. Thanks for having me. Yes. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot yeah. of
0: fun. Um, so, the New Deal is one of the best teams in LA. Th- thanks. Yeah. Thank you. It is. It really is. I appreciate that. Um, you were just telling us a little bit about how you got offered the role, and I think that it's fitting because like, some of the theaters right now are just starting the sketch audition process yeah. for the rest of this month. So, what was your experience like auditioning and then eventually getting onto a mod team?
2: Well, you know, um, well, let me say this. It took me five auditions. And for those of people who um, don't live in Los Angeles or are part of the this particular uh, <laughs> community, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, auditions for their house teams, both Herald, which is an improv team, and Mod, their sketch teams, once a year. So it, I auditioned five years in a row to get on the team. And each time you have to uh, you have to basically do a character showcase video that you submit that they then call you back to do a live showcase. And then you do a live showcase of your characters. And then if you make it past that level, then they assign you a, a partner where you will then perform in front of the entire like mod committee of, of UCB performers. Um, sketches that they that have been written by previous mod writers that were put up in shows and then you perform the sketches with a person that you may know or may not know and then you find out after that which is kind of a really nerve-wracking thing because when you're when you're doing your video showcase, you can edit it. I mean, actually, I take that back. I don't know if you can edit it. It's one take it, now. it is one take, take. Okay, It used no. to be editable. Yeah, you, yeah, but now it's one take. Now Either one way, take. but you can do multiple takes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you're doing your live showcase, you're performing your own characters and you're bringing... Uh, props and hopefully uh, costumes and stuff like that to heighten the absurdity of this character. When you're performing somebody else's sketch and they're sitting in the audience watching you perform what they've written...
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> I really, uh oh! Kim Jong literally... What did I tell him? I give him fucking. <laughs> this is Jesus Christ, fucking tweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, keep haven't. it in there. Keep it I, in yeah. the embarrassment I, that is <laughs> fish out of water. Those are in the, volume knobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, delete what the time. Uh, whatever. Um. Okay. Anyway,
2: sorry. sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. It, it's um. It's just like a very nerve wracking experience, and um. Usually, I, I don't know if this is true, but it certainly felt this way that the times that i had gotten to the i'm um, performing with a partner situation uh previously before i got on a team it always just felt like it's either him or me because <laughs> it was just like oh uh, you're like a tall skinny white guy yeah. yeah um i i know for a fact that that is not the case but it just always <laughs> felt that way right. it was like we're gladiators fighting in the
1: death uh, fighting to the death uh, right. in the ring of comedy to try and get this this gig how many times did you so i know a few people who one year they've gotten a callback and then made it to the final round but then the next year they didn't even get a original callback yeah. to perform their did every six uh you know a uh, year preceding your first uh you got closer and closer yeah, yeah, that's how it ended round. up working for me yeah uh, I yeah I know
2: that sometimes you get like you get all the way to the end and then the next year you almost get nothing right. and uh no luckily mine was like kind of every year I felt a little bit advancement mm-hmm. like the first year I'll, I'll super admit it, it was a, an atrocious audition mm-hmm. it was just terrible and at that time it was before they were even doing video submissions like uh, it was at the artwork studios on Santa uh, Santa Monica Boulevard and it oh, was just, just like the people sure they up. had the first year they had mod auditions yeah maybe i don't even know how old the teams are but i showed up and i signed up for it because i had passed 201 at the time or something like that i showed up with a guitar and did a comedy song for alan mcleod yeah. it was like okay thanks because <laughs> it was just like that's not a character showcase that's right. a comedy song <laughs> it's nothing to do with being a good sketch actor right. right um but yeah i definitely learned a lot from that and then uh yeah, the subsequent years, each time, it kind of yeah, got a little, got closer, little bit closer further closer. in the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah.
1: interesting. Do you think that um, there's a uh, a formula to it that um, you would impart on people listening and be like this this hits, this doesn't, or is it just kind of like just do your voice? You got to do you, and maybe you'll fit in, maybe you won't. That to me is the formula, mm-hmm. the latter of those two things, which is like when I
2: felt like I was trying to replicate other people's video sh- uh, character showcases that had gotten on uh, years before mm-hmm. i like would look back and watch their video and I'd be like wow okay i see what they're doing i see how it works and then not that i was stealing or ripping off any of their bits i was just like i see how you're approaching this character showcase and i'm going to replicate that and those were the years that um they uh, that i feel like you could just tell it wasn't my my um clearest voice right and i think the thing is like yeah, the key to it is... It's twofold. First of all, um, whether people want to admit it or not, it's not politics, but it is um, commitment. Like, a theater likes to see that you're committed to their style, their um, their shows. They like to see you in the audience. They like to see you taking classes. They like to see you doing open... Uh, 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 you know, they have, like, open mic characters where you can just, like, come and submit and perform a character. And, mm-hmm. like people that host all those shows are mod directors and like seeing you put in the time and doing work is a positive reflection of you when it comes down to them looking at a headshot and being like, should we give this person an opportunity? Right. Because they can see that you're putting in the time and the energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other part of it is, yeah, the, the, the faster that you can clearly get to what you think is funny about comedy or any of your characters that you're doing that's going to be the best because it's like when you're, it's, so, it's such an easy thing to be like, oh, I'm going to be Chris Farley or I'm going to be Will Farrell or I'm going to be Will Forte or whatever that's you can't be them right they are them and right they are great at being them and you can like especially i'm sure that you guys do the same thing where you like look at a comedy performer and you're like the thing that that person is great at is this right mm-hmm. and some people are lucky enough to be able to bridge that into something else like right. you know like you're jim carrey's or whatever really. right like, that guy is so funny at being like a rubber face but then you see Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's in a fa- he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Steve Carell, like you see Foxcatcher, and you're oh, like, yeah. what? Where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Foxcatcher? No. Oh, dude, he got a, a nominated for Academy Award. He plays that like creepy billionaire wrestler the from the DuPont family. Right, yeah. Really? Oh my God, see this movie immediately. Okay, I'll it's fantastic. Yeah. Steve yeah.
1: Yeah, and you—I mean—you would never have thought. I mean, like, that was one of the—I can't remember the first movie I saw Steve Carell, and it wasn't that one, but yeah, like forty-year-old virgin or something. Well, like non-comedy. Oh, like yeah, the yeah, series. yeah. But when I watched it, I was like, "Man, Steve Carell is the real deal." He's legit. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that that's it. It's so one of my favorite movies. That's He's it. so yeah. amazing in that movie yeah. too. Yeah. He um, such an understated performance, and I feel like he he doesn't get enough credit on that everybody's like the office you're like yeah he's genius in yeah. the office but holy crap he's he's got so much more in his bag of tricks you yeah know? is rubber face a term i don't i don't know it, it might be i feel like people just say that that's like an adjective that they use to describe, describe him morphing it, your yeah. face yeah well, it's be weird true.
0: because this is a weird story back in like 2000 ish I was dating a girl in college, and her mom bought a VCR. I feel like a little late to the game, but she bought a VCR.
2: Yeah, 2000? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit.
0: And the, um, the, it came with a movie. Yeah. And it was like an independent, or like, maybe even like a student film that Jim Carrey did before, way before it was famous. Like his teeth were, like now his teeth are perfect. His teeth were all jacked up. Yeah. And it was called Rubberface. Face and it was about a stand up comedian i think like learning his voice and he found out his voice was to just make faces yeah mm. and it was horrible <laughs> it was a horrible
2: movie that sound, that's interesting that you say that cuz i was like that sounds like a good movie trailer parody of yeah. like oh, a yeah. drama if you were like in its name is rubber face? I'd be like, yeah, great. Yeah. That's a super funny sketch. But yeah. like, not I don't, f- I do not want to sit through ninety minutes of <laughs> a and man I... discovering
1: his voice and realizing it's not his voice, yeah. it's his face. <laughs> 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 that, great. Yeah, doesn't Jim Carrey also produce a new show that's talking about? stand-up comedians i'm dying i'm dying up here right i auditioned for that show oh yeah did you really didn't go well
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, i auditioned
1: for
0: a web series that damon wayans was doing one time
2: junior or senior
0: uh junior yeah
2: Yeah. new girl
0: guy no 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 senior yeah sorry yeah the one from in living color Yeah. 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 yeah 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 Um, and I it was like my very first audition in Hollywood. I don't know how I got it. I just like lucked into it on like a Craigslist ad. Yeah. And I walk <laughs> in the room and I turn the corner and he's like Damon Wayans is sitting right
2: there. Immediately just shit myself. Yeah. And then just barely stumbled through it. Yeah. It's yeah. embarrassing. It's the uh, man. That's one of the things about this city that I still am not quite used to yet. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't. Do you ever get used to it? Like the thing is, like that you could walk into. A, I've had that happen to me. M- not yeah. Many, but. A handful of times where it's like, I didn't know this person was attached to this project. Hi, oh, yeah. No, it's so good to meet you. Um, yeah, I'll read these the words. <laughs> I think they do that on purpose almost to see who yeah, can handle being with them. See if you care or room. you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That's good for me because I don't up. know anyone. <laughs> I know. Yeah. no, it's, be- it's yeah. better almost to be ignorant. About like, yeah, 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 yeah. I you know like person, th- I know
0: three people, and one of them is Dane.
1: Dane Wayne. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. He's a good guy to know, no, I suppose. Yeah, I guess right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, when you uh, are you from LA originally? No, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So did oh, you start okay. doing comedy out there and then migrated towards L.A.? Or how did you I, get I, out this? Uh... I did kind of. I actually, I'm
2: originally from, was like, I was born in Missouri, moved to Wisconsin when I was like four. And then I went to college in my parents' alma mater in um, Missouri, which is the University of Central Missouri mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And um, I was actually a music major i uh i majored in audio engineering which is interesting because we're working on microphones uh, yes. yeah yeah um
0: and you want a job uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no. you want me to mix those stuff <laughs> yeah Because
2: um, yeah. somebody keeps fucking everything up there's <laughs> some <explosions laughs> in yeah um so uh the way the d- the degree program worked is it it front loaded all of our um required courses at the beginning because of the attrition rate was so high. We started with like forty or fifty uh freshman students and we graduated with six. Holy uh, shit. Because just to get you used to the industry, it's like it is not a kind environment. So like you gotta figure out and you gotta survive. Um is this like for radio and or it was it just the idea is like we like um one of the reasons, the reason why I moved to Los Angeles was because I was fortunate enough to get an internship at a recording studio called Bell Sound Studios on Citrus Ave. Hmm. And it is a fully operational four I think now four rooms that they record ADR for films. They record voiceover for commercials. They, they do a little bit of music. Nobody really does music anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but commercial, it is a commercial recording studio that, um, hmm. uh, uh, yeah. That uh, you, I mean, in the seventies, it was huge. Like right. it was, uh, b- but many of them were. It was a different time, and it, right. You know. um, so that's how I got to LA. But I ended up stumbling into comedy because, uh, because of at the beginning of my program, having done all of the stuff that I had to do. Basically, my senior year was just gen ed. So I was just taking a bunch of stupid classes with eighteen year olds that I had could care less about. I was like, I want to get the fuck out of here. I'm, I already got this thing in LA. Mm-hmm. I'm like twenty one. I want. I want to go. Let's do it. Um, But I needed to fulfill my program or whatever. And so I had done like community theater in my small town in Wisconsin when I was really young. Like there was a small state university there. And whenever they would do a play for the acting majors that had kids in it. Uh, I would audition um, mm-hmm. and like I was in uh, Fiddler on the Roof in fifth grade and then like sixth grade I was in uh, Secret Garden. I played Colin, the little kid that's in the wheelchair that uh, actually had a couple songs that I sang and um, the Wisconsin Shakespeare Festival was hosted in my hometown so uh, I did a couple of Shakespeare plays as like a professional Shakespearean actor at like 12 wow uh yeah which is great i mean they were super small parts but uh, hey and don't, don't discredit that yeah it you're was, a professional yeah. it was very yeah. cool, especially in the middle of nowhere Wisconsin. It's like <laughs> that's the only culture that we had yeah. yeah um and it was it was really cool and i loved it and i was signing up for class in my senior year and my mom reminded me she's like hey you used to love acting uh so much when you were a kid why don't you just take an acting class to just fulfill like this bullshit credit requirement that you have i was like that's a great idea so i signed up for the class and um it gave me like it flagged me it gave me like some warning or something like that you have to go see because you could uh uh, sign up for classes online and so i went to wherever go to this room to talk to this person okay i went to the room to talk to this person it's the advisor for the uh, theater department um i was like what's going on he's like you can't take this class i was like what? Why not? He was like, this is for incoming freshman acting majors. This is a one oh one acting class. You are a second semester senior <laughs> music major. You have no rights to be in this class. I was like, okay, okay. I get it. But he could tell that I was bummed and he was like, um, I am the, uh, uh, sponsor for a short form improv troupe that meets at this dormitory at this time of the week. Go there, tell them that I've sent you. And, uh, have fun. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And he he also could see that I was genuinely interested in doing this thing. And so he would, uh, uh, for that entire semester, he would just hand me plays and I would read the plays and I would come back and he would give me more plays. And I would just kind of talk to him about the plays that I was reading. Uh, cause I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that I really love doing this thing. And so, I think it was like a Tuesday I went in to do the short form thing. It was like three white dudes in, <laughs> in a dormitory <laughs> conference room somewhere. And none of us knew anything about improv. And they, one of them had like a copy of Truth and Comedy. And so that was the Bible. And uh, so w- I did one rehearsal with them. And they were like, oh, yeah, we've got a show Thursday night. We're <laughs> opening for the one-act plays that all the actors' programs have to do. Do you want to come do the show? I was like, absolutely. And I did the show. And I made like one move like just like like a look like a real coy look or something like that and i got a house laugh the whole audience laughed and i was like oh this is the thing that i have always wanted that i thought music performing live music was fulfilling but it's not Mm -hmm. um i was still getting like that energy and that rush from being in front of an audience like playing guitar and like my band but like you can't get the ooh, like Mm -hmm. just a look, a word, even a motion, you get the audience to react. Like music isn't that quick. You finish a guitar solo, and then people are like, yeah, woo, yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't get like uh, the instant feedback. And so I was immediately in. I was like, I was going to the rehearsals all the time. We were doing shows. I think I did four shows. And then the semester was over, and I moved to LA, and I told everybody at the studio that I was like, I want to do improv. And uh, Pete Gardner who is now on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that CW show with Rachel Bloom, right? G- yeah, great, yeah, yeah, The musical. He plays the boss with yeah, the yeah, mustache. Yeah. Super funny guy. Really nice. He Beer Shark in, Mice? Beer Shark. Uh, I think he maybe he wasn't originally part of it. He might have sat in with them. He's oh, like okay. a Second City Chicago guy. Oh, okay. But he definitely did IO. Yeah. He taught there for a long time. Um, he came in and was doing a voiceover for like a U.S. Postal commercial, you know, something like that. Uh, and... Um, The owner of the recording studio overheard him either talking to somebody else in the booth or on the phone or something like that about that he used to be an improv teacher. And he was like, oh, would you mind go talking to our intern? He's really into improv and wants to get into it. So Pete Gardner introduced himself to me. We were talking about improv and about how excited. He gave me – I just wrote down a piece of paper. I wrote down IO. I wrote down the address. I wrote down a dude's name, James Grace. He said, Go see this person. And he, like, wrote his name on it and said, and this guy sent you. I was like, Okay. I asked if I could leave. I, by the way, the studio is on Citrus Ave. Is Willoughby and Highland, is the closest cross okay. street. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's close. To, it's a block north of Melrose okay. and Highland. And I.O. is on basically Cahuenga in Hollywood. Right, right. It's right. August in Los Angeles. <laughs> I walked there not knowing that it was really. So he and was a hundred. Up, d- oh, I'm so so. I'm sweating. It's disgusting. I have no idea how I'm getting there. I have like a map written on a piece of paper or something like that. You know. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I walk into the uh, office and it's, I think Eric Honeycutt, James Grace, uh, Brian O'Connell were just sitting there. Yeah, that's the old crew. Yeah. And I said, uh, Hey, this guy uh, Pete Gardner wants me to uh, talk to uh, James Grace. And James like, Oh yeah, that's me. I was like, he told me to come here to take classes. Great. He shows me, he walks me into every room in the theater, he shows me all the classes going on. Uh he shows me where they perform, he tells me all about their program, all this stuff. I, I was like, this sounds awesome. I want to do this, but I have I've literally no money. Like I'm from the Midwest, uh like I spent all of my money just getting here. I showed up with a duffel bag uh full of clothes that my dad took to Vietnam and a yeah. guitar. And like 300 bucks to pay my first month's rent on my buddy's futon. That's all I got. He's like, well, we do have an internship program. You know, the stack is really high, but, uh, you know, just apply and we'll see what happens next day. Internship. I start like three days later, pay for classes 52 weeks straight. Oh, wow. second level of IO Bridget Kloss asks me and Echo Kellum if we want to stay after class to put us on a team that she coaches I'm literally at the theater for three weeks before I'm on a team in the loft <laughs> I have no fucking clue what I'm doing wait was it Bobby Hot Stuff Bobby Hot Stuff in the loft bridget class yeah she literally like made my career that day just because it gave me positive momentum in this thing that i had no idea what i was doing same with echo like he didn't he didn't ta- he's from chicago he hadn't taken any improv classes there and we were both just like loud brash crazy people just trying to figure it out and we were just like going for stuff and she just was like hey you know she fostered like a cool creative relationship with us and like yeah, that is the to me that is like the catalyst that changed the whole trajectory for me, which is like this is a tangible thing that I can that I can do. Yeah. Well, and Bobby Hot Stuff, the thing that makes that interesting is this is back
0: in what two thousand nine? You said two thousand nine was when, Yeah. And back then, Bobby Hot Stuff w- was the only show at I O that was student run. It was the only one. Yeah. Um, and then they ended up opening up the rest of the theaters, but there was no clubhouse, so you was basically if you were a student. Your only places to play were TNT and this yeah. one random show in the loft on Friday nights. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and TNT was only one
2: night a week. Yeah. Other than that, you're. And I didn't know about. any of that. Mm-hmm. And I, she asked. Just, we thought we were in trouble when she asked us to stay at the class. We're <laughs> like, what the <laughs> shit? What do we do? Also, I didn't know this guy. I had taken my level one was Eric Honeycutt, and it was the intensive. So I had literally taken four days of class. A weekend off, four weeks of class, a weekend off. I started taking my level 201 class a whole week, and I came back the next week and she asked me to be on the team. That's great. Yeah. It's crazy, is what it is. It was super <laughs> lucky. Super lucky. Yeah. And then because of that, like I got asked to be on Cherry, which was a team that ran at, at IO mm-hmm. for like eight years that I was on um, because of a show that I did with Bobby Hot Stuff. Cannon Wing was in the the audience, was like, I'd like you to come do our show. I was like, okay, great. But it was just because we, I think both Echo and I just threw ourselves
1: into all the things that we were supposed to be doing. We were kind of just really lucky being in the right yeah. place at the right time. How long was it before, or how long did you perform in the loft before you, was Cherry a main stage? Cherry was a main yeah. stage team yeah. that did Mondays, I th- I think about a
2: year. Yeah. I was 24 when she asked me to be on Cherry. Yeah. Which, okay. and how long Looking did Cherry at- run for? They were together for a year or two before she asked me to join because they, this just goes to show how the culture and the need has changed. They won the cage match for a couple weeks. Yeah. And so the theater gave them a slot (laughs) on Monday nights on the main stage at 10 and they had been together for like a year or two and a couple, I think one of the guys that was on the team was about to have his second baby and somebody else was like got a new job and had to move or something like that. So they had two... Slots open slots for open. guys, yeah. And so she saw me do a show. Uh, Echo was not in that Bobby Hot Stuff show. I think by that time he was probably on a Harold team at UCB, yeah. which is also <laughs> crazy. And um, so Cannon asked me to join. I joined, and we started doing shows. And Mike Garcia was the other guy that was asked at the same time to join. Yeah. And now those guys are like my. They are my best friends. Yeah. You know.
1: That's cool. Yeah. They will both be. I is now, now doing something. Yeah. I hear about. You test shows out and they give you a slot. So where's that? Like you test, like I guess that uh, Zach and Colin will come and watch your show. Yeah, they just send an email calling it
0: like "IO presents Shark Tank" or something like that. And you, they watch your show, and then if they like it, you get your own slot. Yeah. So you don't need to win a cage match three times in a row. Wow. <laughs> but I feel I still feel like the cage match is the best. Way to do it because the only way you win at a place like I- it's different UCB because it's different, yeah, yeah, because it's always sold
1: out in advance, yeah. so you can't yeah. really stack it. I don't know how many cage matches I.O. has. A they million. used to have like eight thousand of them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you have a lot, kind of muddies the water. Yeah, of, it really does. Yeah, mm-hmm. so having one, I think UCB has one, right? They have an improv. They do match. a sketch sketch cage match yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So uh So did you ever apply to be a writer? I mean, because that's the thing that's a little bit weird, or not weird, but it's just you know, in the nature of of sketch, especially if you're a character sketch performer, you have to write your own material, right? Yeah. And so, um, like when you wrote your characters for your audition, you had to write that. That was unless you paid someone to do it or had someone do it, but I typically, do that. I no yeah. people yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't do that. Um, yeah. So did you have aspirations of writing or doing anything with writing? Was always performing?
2: Um, yeah, I think, uh, man, I think by virtue of being an improviser, especially once you get into doing long form improv, you inherently, whether you want to or not, you become a writer, you Mm -hmm. become a director, you become an editor and you become an actor immediately. You don't have a choice because you're cutting people's scenes off. You're changing locations. You're doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So you become all those things instantaneously. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up stumbling into doing a, a house sketch team called Pilot at IO not long after I, I did Cherry as well. So, And the way that IO at the time, I don't know if it's changed or not, but at the time, uh, everybody was writer-performers. Mm-hmm. and it's, so, it's still basic. Very, a lot kind of, of that is that way. That yeah. Yeah. It depends on the team. And so I kind of found... I, I, that team was also like above my pay grade as well like there's uh, no reason that i should have been on that team they had uh, really strong performers really strong writers artemis Pebdani was our director who you know was on son of zorn oh. for a really long time yeah, she's, she's like a really coming, always sunny, always sunny. Mm-hmm. yeah she's so funny and she also came from groundlands mm-hmm. uh, where they have like a very very they have a very very strict professional view of doing a show theatrically so it was mm-hmm. like really tight set changes were as quick as possible you don't like your outfits have to be this character all that stuff um which i think was a really good like at 25 years old like that was a really important lesson for me to learn i think because it, it, there is a culture where um transitioning from improvising to sketch that sometimes you can figure it out on stage. We've got beats. We've got whatever. That's not at all how she operated. It was like, no, we've got written lines. These, these, this joke hits here because of this reason. You have to say those words. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not always the way that you traditionally do sketch. Right. Um, outfits are important. Character point of view is important. Like, mm-hmm. like the way that you present yourself. You're holding yourself on stage. All those things make this funnier. So don't... Don't take those things for granted, right? Yeah, um, and set changes are super important. Mm-hmm. Like, if you you can feel the energy in an audience be sucked out if you take too long to change your clothes and you come back on stage, they're bored or there's right. not something going on. Like mm-hmm. that stuff's important. Mm-hmm. So. That's
0: one of the, I I think I think when it comes like that's probably my biggest pet peeve with sketch comedy is costumes and set tra- or. Transitions between scenes, yeah. Because with what I really hate is people half-ass costumes, yeah. Or they just wear all black. Because then it's like, but part of it is the visual. Like this is a visual medium, Mm -hmm. so you don't see that. But the thing that really drives me nuts (laughs) is when they wear the costumes, but they don't rehearse with costume changes. They do that a lot. I don't know how they do it in the mod, but we'll do it a lot. I never. I always do like audition, like a tech rehearsal with costumes. Yeah. But when we do the the um, tech rehearsals, a lot of people on teams I've been on, they don't practice the actual transition. So then when the show happens that night, there's been no practice. They don't know. It's just not tight. And then yeah. it looks so shitty, man. Yeah.
2: It looks unprofessional. It yeah. looks amateur well, I hour. would say um, as far as like, the way that the New Deal operates, um, our first director when we were first put together as a team was Beth Appel. Who is now oh, the artistic director right. of all of UCB Los Angeles? And she was very similar in the same way. It was like, we're rehearsing the set changes. We're rehearsing, we do T's and B's, tops and bottoms of each sketch. We're re- rehearsing how this chair is set on stage. We're rehearsing um, the tech rehearsal with costumes so that we know how the changes work. She, we even schedule what doors actors go in and what doors writers come out while carrying chairs. Like, we go through the curtains, all the set changes come through the doors. Every sketch show. There's no... So that way, because it's so easy, if you're not paying attention to those things, to have an actor who's trying to rip their shirt off and change pants into overalls Run through a door and there's a person standing behind it with four chairs on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, where the hell am I supposed to go? There's a, there's no space here. Right. One of you has to move. That's time that's eaten up instead of just putting the chairs on stage and you just running. Like if you have it coordinated, mm-hmm. it's a concert
1: that people don't really. The it's, part that you know people. Don't yeah, see a lot it. of people take it for granted.
2: And, right. like, and when
0: you don't see, so like it might not be something that you consciously think of. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you might not consciously be like, oh this this sucks that they're all unorganized. But then, when you see one that goes like butter, mm-hmm. yeah, you do yeah. notice, you know. And
2: it's also t- Like, it's nice that we started with Beth because of what her expectations were, and mm-hmm. now that she's in a position of uh, establishing whether we continue on as a team. Right. Or not, it's like, well, you better not slip. Like, you can't go back. Yeah. You can't get like a little loosey goosey. Right. After that, mm-hmm. you got to stay on the ball.
1: Yeah. Once you've reached that level of, you know, professionalism, it's yeah. hard to. It's hard to go back.
2: Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's one thing that a lot of the theaters. I'm not going to say all, but a lot of the theaters in the community in Los Angeles do really well, which is they build an environment where when you get on a house team, which is not easy to do, or you know you get to Sunday Company, which is not easy to do. When you get to those places, you start to realize this is the step before you staff on a show. This is a step before you test for a network sitcom. Mm -hmm. This is a step before you test for SNL. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't take this stuff seriously and if you're not professional about it, you're already, you're building your habits as a professional actor and writer at these moments. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be in the trenches and doing it because if you want to be a staff writer and you want to get like they're compensated very well for their job for Mm -hmm. a reason if you want to be a series regular they're compensated for their job very well for a reason Mm -hmm. you can't take those things for granted Mm -hmm. it's a very competitive market and we are luckily in a position where performing regularly we get to perform in front of people that have made it to those positions and for people that can help you get to those positions Mm -hmm. so just because you're doing a show in a black box theater on a wednesday night somewhere in like Hollywood does not mean that somebody could not give you the opportunity of your lifetime. So like, don't like people. I don't think people realize that when they first show up here. Oh, it just
0: last was it
2: your last show. Mm -hmm. Bob Odenkirk's wife
0: was in the audience. Oh yeah. 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 She came to a management company. Right. It's very successful that produces a lot
2: of stuff. Yeah. You never know. They could literally buy your script the next day and your shows made at least into a pilot. Sure. Yeah. 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 Change your life. Yeah, Jeremiah yeah. is
0: actually going to be,
1: um, I can't think oh, of a good, of a a good lie right now. Oh, no, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, man, I wish I, could, I wish I was a better <laughs> and liar. This, and this guy does improv. Yeah. I don't. I quit doing improv for that exact <laughs> yeah. reason. Since we started the podcast, we have sworn off improv yeah. and gone it's to only
2: Only writing. Only writing. Like, like, I used to, jokes.
1: I really used to love improv. Yeah. And I feel
0: like. Maybe it's because maybe I'm not good at. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like my passion for it has ver- has died down over the last two or three years.
2: I think that that's pretty natural. I think that I've felt a similar progression. Like that's one of the reasons why Cherry kind of ended, um, a show that I had done for yeah almost eight years, because it's just really difficult. I, I think that you also this this is kind of a, a, a non sequitur, but like. I also personally am getting to a place where I want something tangible for my work, which is right. I'm directing a lot more, um, especially filmic stuff. Like I, I'm really trying to hustle as an actor, but also as like a film director. And to me, I want to be able to put in time and energy and have something to show for it. And we've spent thousands of hours practicing doing this art of improv, which is a fleeting, uh, 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 intangible moment. And it's a lot and of it's fun fantastic. when you can
0: drink and like, have a good time.
2: Yeah
1: there's nothing that you can't tape an improv set and show it to people and then be like, "Ugh, this was, this Look was how but funny. This was because you're one, like, there's something about trans- watching improv on a screen. We're just like, live, like seeing improv live is what it is. Yeah. You can't watch it. No. But
0: when your buddy comes into town from Wisconsin yeah. or in my case, Nebraska and sees you do improv, their fucking minds explode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. They have yeah. a blast. And mm-hmm. the thing is like, that is what is great about improv, mm-hmm. but I also, and I'm not not to cast stones, but like I look around the community, and it's very easy to see people that have had the same feeling as us, where it's just like I'm not as in love with improv as I was five, seven, eight years ago, and then just powered through that not love and continue to yeah. commit the time and energy to it, mm-hmm. and maybe a bit jaded, maybe a bit older, maybe yep. a bit regretful of not taking opportunities that could have been more substantial than just staying committed to. Maybe coaching or teaching or, or whatever. Like, for every talented, uber talented improviser there that becomes successful, there's a thousand people that can do the exact same thing that are just as good as them. That are the the don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I I try and pinch myself a lot and remind myself of like what it is that I moved here for. I love improv, and but I but what it comes down to is like if we're actors and writers, we want to be funny, but. I at least want to tell stories. I want to be a a part of people having emotional reactions to things that are funny and relatable and like being able to see a character change from the beginning to an end or having moments like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think tool, I'm sorry. I think improv is a tool. I think sketch is a tool that helps you focus that point, uh, that voice to a point so that you can just annihilate a story when it comes, comes to you. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh, a narrative you For know sure. what I mean that yeah. it's just like Harold Ramis um you know Ivan Reitman like guys like that like the, those are the Ghostbusters you right. know what I mean like mm-hmm. they the director and the writer of the Ghostbusters like those a Caddyshack those movies exist because of their experience with sketch and improv but they are telling fully formed narratives watching characters change and there are movies that have to be seen mm-hmm. you know right. what I mean yeah. and um we luckily live in a time and a generation where all of the accessibility to being able to create those things exists tangibly to us as people that are up-and-coming performers and writers. Right. So if we're not taking advantage of that, we're putting ourselves behind the eight ball. And I think it, won't, it doesn't take far for any of us to look around the people that we know and love and see somebody that didn't take a big swing at that right. and are still in a position where they're like, making you know they're surviving um coaching or teaching improv and that's fantastic and i'm I'm not i'm not putting it down because people work really hard and at some point it'll break for them i'm just saying now is more than ever the time that your destiny can manifest itself in your
1: own hands and you have to do it right um because nobody's gonna do it because it's it's, i wouldn't say it's easy but it's it's not as hard as it used to be to create stuff because the feelings are still the same right i feel like as a comedian or a writer or whatever you want to call yourself Uh, or whatever i call myself it's it's like you uh, like you were saying you love the feeling of getting people to laugh and going through an emotional experience and so in improv you don't ever get to capture that right you don't ever get to keep it for people to for multiple people hundreds of thousands millions potentially but in a movie form you can or in a a web series or whatever yeah or even a even just a video sketch right yeah yeah and so using all those skills to kind of you know you have it all we, we had Brian O'Connell on here at BOC and he was talking about um, how he created he shot a whole feature on a CVS digital camera where you yeah. used to used to pay 20 bucks, you shoot it on video and then you give it back to them and they put it on a DVD for yeah. you he shot a whole feature that way. he hacked those cameras and he used yeah. the, and he used that feature then to sell
2: um, Blood-sucking, Blood-Sucking Bastards. Sucking Bastards. Which, right. by the way, whoever's listening to this, that movie is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. if you haven't seen it, please go watch it because um, I, uh, B.O.C.'s fantastic, phenomenally talented dude, yeah. and yeah. Uh, he should be directing way, way more movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not worried about him. He certainly will be. <laughs> <not worried about laughs> yeah. But the thing
1: is, like, that movie is fucking funny. It's so funny. Yeah. 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 It's great. Um, anyways, yeah, so get out there, kids. That's like blood sucking bastards. Out. Out. <laughs> it's, you know what's funny though? It's like you always hear the. I mean, I always thought I've talked about this a few times, but the artistic director of Second City when I graduated there, um, he, the first thing he said at our graduation speech is like, "Improv is great, but you guys, you can't do it. Like it's a it's a means to an end. Like you have to you have to go write stuff and and make your own stuff." you know that's what's going to get you jobs like yeah. it's really hard cuz especially now there's so many improv people out there like being able to it's,
0: it's
2: got a
1: the bubble's got to burst soon right eventually i, I mean, think i would argue that it
2: it has yeah cuz i can it, it, i feel like i'm just being a, a negative <laughs> nancy here but like there are black smaller black box theaters that you can look around where it's just like um the uh audience Just isn't there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there are people. And the thing is, like, it doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the improv or any of that stuff. It's just like, it is difficult to um, uh, take up market share in a place, in a market that is already overly saturated. Yeah. It is heavily saturated. And the thing that you get is students going to see shows, but where's the layman going to see a show? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, if you're taking classes at this theater, you will absolutely go see this stuff. But there's only so many. There's only so many students that you can count on being in, right, you know, to be in the s- seats. To fill the seats, right? Yeah, You need the general... Yeah, you, you need know. people that are interested in comedy and alternative comedy and stuff like that to come see it. You right. want industry people to come see it because yeah. you want... And the thing is, like, I just... I, I think that the... To me, it seems like the, verbal, the bubble has probably already burst yeah. a bit. Yeah, probably. Um, it's not like a... But the great thing is that it's not a catastrophe. You know what I mean? It's not like this it's not like a, oh my God, like three or four improv theaters are going under now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like it makes things more competitive. Right. I think it it does make it harder to get in those theaters that mm-hmm. are having industry people come frequently, but it also means that you get to cut your teeth in those black box theaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a double-edged sword, but yeah, sure. I, I would say that there are, they're fighting for a very small market share, and, yeah, and a lot of it's been gobbled up by some pretty big players. Yeah, yeah, because are people who've been mainly. doing it. I mean, you see, yeah, I well, and, like, and Groundlings oh, has Groundlings. been slipping a bit, but they'll never lose market share just because of how theatrical their show is. Mm-hmm. Like their show is the show that people from uh, Nebraska see. I really you...
0: hate the band.
2: It's part of it, though, it's right? Part it. It's part I of the theater. I hate either. it. I
0: want it to not be a part of it. Yeah. Mm. I
2: mean, I, I I get that. But it's also, but look, that also, it's <laughs> He's saying
1: it to the guy who loves music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but no, but no, I no. no. Th- I
0: love music. Yeah.
1: No, he doesn't. I would he go watch it. Don't it. Yeah, to he him. hates music. <laughs> yeah, music hates music. No, no, guys, silence. I swear, I love music. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: no, I I understand that, but you know, to me, it's still like the throwback. It's a very traditional like cabaret comedy theater. Mm-hmm. So you know, they might be able to put like sleek looking metal backdrops with cool colored lights, but it's still just a comedy show,
1: you yeah. know. Yeah. And um, they have a different audience too. They like, do. Yeah, they, they have a they whole do. different. Kind well, of I would group say that they're, they're not there.
2: even they're not like alternative comedy. Like you go to see UCB Franklin and you go to see them like a midnight show. Mm-hmm. That's alternative For comedy. Sure. Like yeah. you're like. Uh, what is the um, Gilly Neeson's show like? This is gross. Oh, dude! Or, you know what I mean? Like those shows are like shows that are like really pushing the limits of what people can can consume. And I watch, so I watched it. that show.
0: It was five minutes of them. Showing pictures of their turds in a toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to videotape
2: their show. Oh, did yeah, you? Gilly, so
0: I've seen Gilly that. did the monologue with her vagina hanging out of her yeah. pants. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have pant- bottoms on for that whole... And, like, was that and, what... I thought she just cut... She wore pants, oh, but she yes, just cut what, out yeah, the, the part. Yeah.
2: And then... Uh, who's the guy? J- uh, Jake. Jake, Jake uh, and... Uh, yeah, Jake and Brian, what's right? What's Jake's last name? Um, I've... Jake. He's such a good dude. From the, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, From like, the I meat
0: know, improv, Jake, I do know his last yeah, He's great. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, and then he did it. He interviewed someone with his dick out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. I he had like class a, with him the next day, and I was yeah. like, "Hey, yeah. man, I saw your dick last night." Yeah. And
1: I was like, "God damn!" It's like the celebrity when Mike still used to. Do, I don't know if they still do that celebrity barf machine. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows. Yeah.
2: Ever. It takes a strong stomach to see those for things. sure. But like, I think those shows are necessary, and those I are things so. that I yeah. think. I could be wrong, but I think Growlings does do a show like that they have once one, a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of important to have those more than that. Because mm-hmm. um, for those people who have no idea what we're talking about or haven't seen any of the shows, they're very gross. They're like visceral comedy that they're trying to like shock you into laughing. mm mm-hmm. um, Which I think is, I think it's important. I think those, uh, I think if we don't have that, we don't get the luxury of the office. Uh, We don't get the luxury of, you know, other, uh, other things that are like kind of uncomfortable, but we still think them. we talked about it when we, when I interviewed
0: Jesse Klein, but you weren't here for that one Mm -hmm. where Heather Ann Campbell, I thought she stapled a fake vagina shut. Apparently she actually stapled her real vagina
1: shut. That's like, I don't think that's, that's
0: true. Jesse said he was in the sketch.
1: That's insane. Yeah, but I was there and I watched that. And I watched it too. It was a f- for sure fake pussy, right? Yeah. that's okay. what I said. I, I, God, I hope so. Yeah. but
0: he I, and I argued with him. He was like, "Dude, I swear to God." He's crazy. Stop it, Jesse. Yeah, stop. It. I, saw, be-
1: I. The only reason I say that is because there was two, it was Heather and someone else. Yeah, and they had it was the first show I took Catherine to. By the way, nice, like, oh, man. Uh, good intro. Yeah, show. Yeah, good intro show. This was a day that though. was celebrity. Bar machine, machine. right? And the pussies were the exact They looked identical. Yeah, like, and it was two women with just different women. They're gonna have different vaginas, and the like fake pussy looked exactly the same. Well,
2: let's just hope to God that that's (laughs) the fact that it was. (laughs) Yeah, I swear, I but but I was
1: I loved it because one they acted the shit out of it. It was an amazing like you know you didn't know like I'm sitting there and I'm like hold on no. And I'm like, well, maybe like I went back and forth until I like had to realize like we sat and talked about it for like half an hour afterwards. Maybe it's not, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. But, but we are still, still, still talking about, about it. it. That's right. amazing. That, right. right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That says something. Yeah. And you know, like, no, is it, is it something that's commercial? Absolutely not. But the thing <laughs> is like,
0: what would we you do if have... next week on SNL there was just a <laughs> very <vagina, Kate McKinnon laughs> <is stable, laughs> nice, I would exactly. eat crow. I would be like, I guess it
2: is commercial. <laughs> Although I could also argue it's like, it is Saturday Night Live commercial? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure their advertisers think so. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. 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 Cool. I feel like this is a really good transition spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great transition spot. Yeah. Um, let's pivot. How much? How much more time do you have? Because how long is it going to take you to get back up in the valley? Oh, what?
2: let's say, uh, let's say like twenty minutes. Okay. okay great. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's
1: perfect. I'm gonna piss real quick. Okay.
0: <laughs> um. While we, while he pisses, I'm gonna let it roll and I'm gonna explain to you the next part. Great. So Jeremiah's got a list of basically improv games okay. of various kind. Not improv games, but openings of mm-hmm. various kinds. Things you might see like at a random indie night. Um, that they go from like the living room all the way to like tweets, right? Okay, and we're gonna use them, and then we're just gonna like uh, what there is no set way we do it, so we'll you'll pick a number, we'll say what it is, we'll do that, and then how however that leads, whether it leads us into a living room that sort of talks about, or the tweet maybe actually is like, oh, this is a good sketch premise, and we do it that way, whatever happens, okay, and then we just uh, um, we pitch on it, pitch on it, great. And then we talked earlier about possibly um trying to like beat out an actual sketch from
2: these pitches. That sounds cool, yeah, that sounds easy. yeah, we'll see if we can accomplish anything. yeah, can we just put a disclaimer on it that this will be easy, but we can't guarantee it to be funny? Yeah, and I think that that's a great disclaimer
0: of sketch comedy of sketch comedy in, in general. general so like i've been I have a premise that every time I pitch this premise it makes. Everybody in the room laughed. So okay. finally, I decided I'm going to write it. Okay. I've now done three drafts of it. Okay. And me and Jeremiah and this other guy have been reading it. And we just, I decided today, like, you know what? I'm going to let it sit. Okay. Even though, like, in theory, it should be really funny. Mm-hmm. It's just not coming out right. Okay. And that's sort of, I think, sketch comedy. Do right you want to talk shell. about
2: that really quickly before we get into whatever this is? What's the premise?
0: The premise is, do you remember in the old 90s rap songs, there was, um, there was always, like, I think it was usually, like, a rapper pretending to be like a white cop but there was a uh, lot of them like like the, the one we example we always use is jay-z's um uh, uh
1: go on, carrying a weapon on no, you i know a lot of you are. you are oh yeah but
0: they're always pretending to be like a white dude yeah i'm like what if it was just like the same white dude that did all those voices and just seeing him in a booth okay do you see what i'm saying
2: yeah so what if so it is actually a white guy though yeah but it's yeah. actually and it's like the same guy like that's his like he's the go-to guy with the white voice Okay, great. You know what kind of stinks about this? There, um, it's different. It's a different game, uh, but there is a Sandberg uh, SNL sketch with T Pain when he was like the musical guest yeah. years ago, where he plays Snowball, the white rapper, and <laughs> um, T Pain's like, "Oh yeah, dude, this dude's awesome." And Keenan's like running the desk, and they're like, "Okay, drop the beat," and the beat comes up. And then Sandberg just says, well, here we go. We're doing some raps, like really crazy yeah. rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my instinct is to go with that, right. which is like, my instinct would be like, okay, well the, the absurdity is like, what if, um, uh, an unqualified white dude is, is just doing all of the raps for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it especially because like the, the point of view of the game was T-Pain loved this dude's ride right. and Keenan was straight man in the entire time being like, are you sure? Cause to me it doesn't sound great. <laughs> it kind of sounds like really lame. He's like, no dude, this is dope. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. This uh, is
1: slightly different because it's just, I guess the absurdity is like, Oh, cause, cause I'll, if you were to get like the list of songs like Jay-Z and... Uh, and it was shot kind of like
0: behind the music, like docu- like mockumentary See,
1: style. Right. That, I, uh, that is the other way that I would think about doing it. Either you could do it as
2: a runner, to me... Oh, in this a, is in for a, live a digital. Schedule. This is digital. Oh, okay, yeah, then yeah, you yeah. should do it as like behind the music of name this dude something yeah, silly, yeah. officer... Darwin Schultz was what I yeah, named Darwin him. Yeah, Darwin Schultz is, very, is a really funny name. Um, yeah, do the behind the music and then interview famous rappers to be like... Oh, you don't know Darwin Schultz? <laughs> you don't know music. It's you know almost what I mean? exactly it's like, what we did, except yeah. we don't yeah. have access to famous rappers. So yeah, we that's
0: had to the use the famous famous rappers. Like,
2: yeah. uh, That's the thing that would make it, make it great. Yeah. 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 If it was an SNL sketch, that is what they would do. They, do, they would, and it would get be, contemporary yeah. rappers. Or, or, or what if rappers we got like, like...
0: Like Keith Sweat? I'm sure <laughs> no one has talked to him in years. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he'll do yeah. it for cheap. Yeah, probably
1: yeah you know but uh-huh. it's funny because it's yeah well one is it's crazy because all those rappers have very unique voices right and so the fact that there's one white guy who then yeah. steps in and raps yeah you know, those little beats they all sound very yeah. different so yeah. it was really funny to me but i guess my point was
0: is that something that i was like oh really funny and then when i would pitch it, like oh yeah that's great but then it just
2: never really worked on paper right yeah, yeah. i haven't totally given it up yeah well, sometimes, you know, uh, now I did not hear it works this. It on paper, though. I didn't hear this from the horse's yeah. mouth, so d- please don't think that I have a personal relationship with this person. But I heard somewhere or read in an interview that Bob Odenkirk said that he never lets things like that go. He'll write it. He'll write the sketch and, like, put it away in a folder. Because he's like, there is something funny about your idea, and the thing is that you just have not clocked the POV or the beats or whatever it is yet, and it might be just something that you need to marinate on. Yeah, no joke. Four years from now, you're gonna be like, Oh my god, I've just come up with a Sasha Baron Cohen character that's gonna make a feature, <laughs> and we're all gonna make a billion <sighs> dollars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could be that. I have a um, folder with every sketch I've ever written
0: in it. That's and when I yeah, go good. and when I uh start like a new sketch, like a new sketch team will start, and I need like something. Or I'm kind of out of pitches for the day. I'm feeling kind of like writer's block. I'll go back and I'll look through the ones that never got finished and see if yeah. there's any I like. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I've explained to him how this works. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. Prepared. Okay. All right. So I need a number. Also, l- thank you. That was some good. Imp- I like that. Yeah. 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 We'll, uh, we'll sit on it four years and then we'll yeah, they make the,
2: it into a feature and trying to get and Sasha and someday you're gonna see it and, yeah, and you're yeah. like holy
1: shit yeah. it worked Darwin yeah, it Schultz worked. is here Darwin <laughs> Schultz <laughs> another <laughs> cop rapper yeah. I think another thing too about and for people who like don't haven't written a bunch or written with people a bunch we write in a small group Tweety and I and a couple other people and it's like sometimes you meet weekly and you're doing the same idea over and over and over. It's kind of like it becomes stale in the room as well. So like Tweety saying like, I don't know if it works on paper. It's just we've all we already know you're not surprising us with anything. So it's not going to get that same reaction that you think it was going to get. So putting it away for a little bit. And then that's that's kind of the true test for me is if I can put a sketch away and then in a month, or two months read it and it if it makes me giggle then I'm yeah. like okay yeah it it made me giggle to start off with that's why i wrote yeah. it you know
2: you know the other thing too about that particular sketch is like that is a that's a character sketch right. and the thing is like if uh because it is a premise sketch mm-hmm. but it is leaning heavily on the character right. performance so it's like that's like uh that also really matters It's like yeah. how's this person reading this mm-hmm. person's yeah. dialogue and stuff like that yeah
0: i want that's part i've actually thought about that too
1: about yeah, we'll get into that later. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. So All right, um, let's pitch a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Right. pitch. Sir. Yeah. You do the honor. Sure. Number of one to thirteen. Um eight. Okay. We get a lot of eights and sevens. Do we really? Yeah, we you do. Know? Well, seven's it's
0: kind of I know. in the middle. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Seven was my instinct, but I'm a huge Liverpool fan, and uh, Steven Gerard's number is. Oh, eight. great. Okay.
1: Um uh it's called the Los Angeles Gazette, but now we've changed that to the Larchmont paper so i have we get a weekly newspaper oh, here in larchmont so we're gonna pass it around if there's anything funny in there we'll pitch on it great i love it let me go grab it yeah hey cat this is great like this is a great exercise
2: for people to be able to listen to because this is a thing that because i think demystifying these things yeah like figuring out how people come up with stuff that's funny is really is really interesting because um because you just see funny stuff happening yeah. on TV, and you're like, God, that's so, or like stand up, and you're like, God, that person's so funny. And you're like, Yeah, well, they had a thought. Yeah. It was like, Wouldn't it be funny if? And then just fill in the blank. Or like, or the other thought, too, that I feel like happens frequently is like, That's crazy. Mm-hmm. When you read something, and you're like, That's insane. And then you're like, oh well, you can turn that insanity into something funny because you thinking it is insane immediately it, makes you the straight man. Yeah, uh, and for you know, oh, you
0: know that's that's a really good way to think about it because my head is like crazy when oh, you when you see something. And my my buddy's a he writes he has to write like a hundred topical sketches a week for his job, and so wow. he automatically reads the newspaper because the reason it's in the newspaper is It's because
2: it's news. It's because it's weird. It's important.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's automatically a game in it. Oh yeah. So when you said. Something's crazy. My head immediately went to that means there's a game there because yeah. it, that's what's crazy. Yeah. But the fact that like you're you automatically becoming the straight man like is a yeah. whole other way to think about it. Yeah. Because whatever when
2: you were like oh that's crazy
0: then that's the point of view. Yeah. Of well the because then
2: you can immediately insert uh you can push back on whatever the justification is. It's like right. if you're if the character is like if Kim Jong Un says something and I'm like that's it has. If Kim Jong-un gets a new weird haircut, and I'm like, that's crazy. Like, his haircut looks like a skunk on top of his his head. That's crazy. Well, I'm immediately able to be like, put myself, just be the barber. Or be the person, the best friend that sees the haircut post. Right. Hey, what do you think of my new haircut? Um, Yes. I mean, you're going for like a skunk vibe or something. You immediately become the straight man. It's interesting that you say it's Like the fact that, that it's in the news. There's a game inherently in it by thinking. But me being like, "Oh, that's crazy," you're you're still we're speaking the same thing. Yeah, you know I mean? the same thing. But by but having a straight man, there's a game because as long <clears throat> as you can straight man somebody, you you have a game existing because that right. person has to justify their absurd point of view. Right. And Once you have those two things, you have a game. Right. Um, and I think that's
0: what I think that the what made it so interesting to me was. The way you said it was because if you start going, well, what's the game? What's the game? What's the game? You're almost like you're skipping steps. Whereas if you go, okay, I'm the straight man in this because I think it's weird. What about it? Then that's another way to find the game,
2: which might be easy. I don't know if easier is the word, but just a
0: different approach.
2: Sure. Well, because I... the way that the article is written is going to be slanted with a point of view, right? And that point of view is the thing that is telling you what is weird about this article, right? Um, and you know, a, a, a easy way to think of we- absurd is weird. If it's just like if somebody's acting weird and you call them out on being weird, and they say why they're being weird, you've built a game,
0: right? Like that's, yeah, you know yeah that's a freebie guys
1: yeah you're welcome
0: <laughs> i'll
1: have to go back and listen i wasn't paying attention okay well you missed out on a freebie well so. sorry i was um, i was going through the the larchmont chronicle great okay okay um so here's what we're gonna do because people care about you not us <laughs> i'm gonna hand you this paper okay flip through it see if there's anything that you're like this might be funny okay and then we'll pitch on it okay yeah. great and while you do that me and jeremiah are gonna tell jokes Yes.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. okay. Oh, Great. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna
0: kind of listen to okay. uh, um, uh, Your best joke, right? My now. best joke. I gotta. Uh, I'm, why is uh, your your
1: girlfriend is shaking her head at me like don't <laughs> don't tell any jokes. Um, um, I got a joke. Okay. Okay. How do you how do you get a nun pregnant? How? Dress up as a choir boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Boom. Um,
0: I'm not good at I'm not good at jokes. Um, knock knock.
2: Who's that? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh... okay, hold on, really quickly. I want to just insert something. Th- this, is like, this is super crazy, but this mm-hmm. is like a weird look on something. Okay, so the headline reads, Showdown set for bungalow in criminal court. Okay, mm. so you read the first paragraph. The Larchmont Bungalow, which I assume is a restaurant or a nightclub so. or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is scheduled to be back in criminal court. With a new defendant, uh, you know the woman's wife of 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 somebody that died at this location. Okay, so the thing that's already interesting to me is the way that this article is written. Is it is uh, personifying the location itself? Mm -hmm. It's writing it as if the bungalow is a person right the bungalow is scheduled to be right. like wait what so my first pitch on this is like <laughs> what if we just see a court case where a person is d- is dressed up as a nightclub literally like a, yeah. justifies like you know sometimes shit gets crazy in my in me, you know <laughs> yeah. and uh, some people die like that's just like what it is like I want to see him as a defendant on stand with a judge, like somebody needling him, a prosecutor, right. mm-hmm. and, and like he's just on the dressed stand. up as a carnivore. <laughs> 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 <Yeah, laughs> nightclub. pretty night funny. Club.
0: Yeah. Um, that's really funny. I also just like to hear the word bungalow a lot. It's a
1: really funny word, bungalow. Yeah. Like yeah I, I feel like having them have... say, Mr. Bungalow.
2: Yeah. Um, Is it okay if I call you, you Mr. Bungalow? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could call sure. me Bungie, but yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Um just that's also something that's always funny. It's kind of like an easy gag to get at, but just like making somebody into something that can't be a, a person is right. always funny too, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Right?
1: Um that's really funny.
2: Um mm-hmm. okay, I'll continue.
1: Okay. okay. I like I like um yeah, I like that. I think that's funny if you could have um we, because that bungalow can be I think it might work with either or. It could be a straight person and he just plays it real normal. You know, or it's a character, and he's like, uh, "Do you call me? Do you mind if I call you Mister Bungalow?" Most people call me a good place to get coke in my bathroom, but sure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know but come on, you know, call me, call me whatever you want. Like it just had it be like a uh, like a character dressed as a. That'd be a very funny visual, though. Yeah, I'd love that. Love visuals Yeah, I'm still trying to think of a joke.
0: <laughs> I'm just not a joke guy. I'm definitely not a joke guy that's appropriate for
1: podcasts. Okay, I got a I I I joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? KGB. KGB, who? We ask the questions around <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that really hurt. He hauled up and punched me in the arm. That's from The Office. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, like, I'm immediately going to like all the jokes my dad said and realizing my dad is the most inappropriate man <laughs> in the world. <laughs> They're not podcast-worthy. Okay, no. I found
2: another one really quickly, too. Great. Um, okay, local ballerina leaves Larchmont for Moscow State Theater. A young Windsor Village resident has been offered a position at the Moscow State Theater for Russian Ballet. Okay, so this in and, That's and itself... That's a humongous deal. Yeah, yeah. dude. It, this itself... Is not funny. This mm-hmm. is something that happens, and it's probably a really cool opportunity right, for this right. young woman. Mm-hmm. What it is funny is juxtaposed against the current political climate <laughs> where <laughs> our president is being accused on a minute basis of colluding with the Russian government to be able to win the election. So, this to me is already set up for some sort of political topical sketch where mm-hmm. this woman is actually like a CIA operative um, who's going to this ballerina situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, or just the just or whatever, finding the justification of her leaving or seeing her in Russia right. as an American, and they think that she is actually turned on the American government. Like it could be fellow baller- and she's what if, ballet. Yeah. She's just what a ballet. What if she's just super into ball being a ballerina, and she's um, just a young innocent American girl, and all of the other ballerinos, what What's a male ballerina? A baller. Valerino? Valerino? I have uh, no idea about bal- a ballet guy. Ballet guys. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All the Russian ballet guys are like trying to give Information from her for yeah. whatever reason. No. Uh-huh. Why, are Why, are yes. Why are you here? Why are you here? I just want to dance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. there's And then um, you
0: subvert it at the end because she shoots everybody and everybody dies.
2: <laughs> you, oh yeah, okay. guys. <laughs> if you don't know that you have to end every sketch with death, uh, yeah. that's a freebie too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, People yeah, yeah, yeah. have to die at the end. That's how I know that's I have how...
0: no button when I start yeah, you're because like, oh, I someone dies usually at the end. Usually it's suicide, but yeah. sometimes I'll kill everybody you else. You know, the
2: yeah. interesting thing about this is, like, to me, the Larchmont uh, Bungalow was, like, a clear character game. Very easy to uh, see. There's, like, two ways of playing it. The character is absurd or the universe is absurd. Mm-hmm. This is is actually kind of, like, half of a game. It's the idea of an American being set into some sort of Russian, Russian inc- inquisition under the guise of dancing, mm-hmm. which is really only half of the game because we don't have a point of view right. established yet. Yeah. And that would just take... A decision, basically, right. like you just choose to be like, this is how we're going to play it. She's going to be in love with the dance, and the dance itself is going to lead to them thinking that she's giving them. It. Oh, she's doing a pirouette now. Oh, this means that. Uh, uh,
1: so the guys are reading into yeah, every dance it, Yeah, she yeah, yeah. And is the this, thing is, like, it just comes to of, uh, war. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it
2: comes to just making a choice at the writing level, which is like, what exactly is going to be the point of view of of each. Party involved in this, the Russians and the ballerina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as strong as the first one. The first one feels much easier to. Yeah, it feels, mm-hmm.
1: but that first one's going to be hard well, to do. The first one's like. It's like uh, Silly. Well, yeah, it's like Caveman Lawyer. Crazy Caveman in yes. a legit world. Yeah. Right? And this ballerina one is more like. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example uh, that is more common. Um, um,
0: Why don't we just. Ugh. Do like why don't we just take really good ideas that already existed, like Caveman Lawyer, and just make it like fi- Caveman Football Coach? <laughs> and just write
2: that. Way. Well, because people watching your sketch would be like, "This is just like Caveman Lawyer, but like not quite
1: as good." Because, but what if don't... it's as good?
2: <laughs> that's the thing that's difficult. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, go get Phil Hartman. Right. Oh, fair like, enough. Be like Phil, come back, man. I got to do this sketch. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's great. It's called yeah. Footman. <laughs> Footman. It's called Caveman Football. What if Coach.
0: it's What if it's a lawyer? What if it's a lawyer that is just trying to be a caveman?
2: Okay, I don't have a perspective on this at all cuz I haven't even read the article yet, but this is the the headline. Shuck oysters play bingo for education. Fun. <laughs>
0: I don't know what it means. I want to yeah, hear I'm that kidding. what you the way you just said that. I want it to be the guy like on like an NPR or like a yeah. local radio station that's who just like these just ads. reading the ads. Yeah. Oh,
2: the way the punctuation is written that way, It's yeah. shuck oysters, comma, play bingo for fun, comma, fun. No <laughs> uh, other. Per, oh, no other punctuation. Yeah. Um, who, who
1: is it that says that? Um, oh, man, I don't know if it was someone famous or someone in my life where they talked about like. Yeah, just you want to you want funny ideas? Literally, read titles of <laughs> of news articles in the paper. He goes chock full of yeah, it's hilarious. It, it writes itself. It you're is a joke. You talking about well, Andy? He Andy did he? Andy Harris. He Maybe, was the one yeah. that
0: would read the. And he was the one that would go through the newspaper yeah, and then right. just pick out whatever and be like, okay. And he would like literally because he'd have to have like twenty five a day or something yeah. like that.
2: Like well, that's finished. what we were saying. Like, um, yeah, it's just um it is inherently funny because of the fact that it's being written down in a newspaper. There is absurdity because Mm -hmm. of the, if it was, it's because it's newsworthy. Mm -hmm. If it's newsworthy enough to write it down, there is something that is, is, is not broken, but it's like our status quo is being disrupted as an observer. It catches our attention. Yes. Right. Yeah.
0: Kind of like if something happens that makes you laugh, that means there's usually something in it that's, funny yeah if you can yeah. find that thing like if you're walking down the street and something happens and then you laugh either one you're an asshole yeah. or there's something funny
2: well yeah. even if you are an asshole it's like um there's still something funny, funny. In it. Like, right people might not the victims might not laugh at it but yeah, right it's funny.
1: Yeah. funny yeah all right nate we usually read a sketch here, but oh, unfortunately, yeah. you got to go. Yeah, I know. I'm well, not on no, it's great. I, really feel like this, we got, I feel
0: like we got uh, the sort of the sketch out when we critiqued my sketch. I feel like yeah, it yeah, we were. Yeah, we spoke about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: we will post it online. <laughs> yeah. My, my sketch? Yeah, I'll post my sketch online. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <Or laughs> shoot it first. Or or shoot it, so Sa- so right. Sasha can see it and then oh, realize right. that he wants to develop That's
2: it. That's what I need to do. I need to cast Sasha Baron Cohen as the character. That's how I feel like all of our parents feel the industry works. It is. Just call him Sasha. Yeah Oh okay Okay yeah yeah
0: Yeah. Sasha would you say Sasha? Yeah Yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who is it? Uh, I showed my parents Borat Um, (laughs) Did they they love it? They liked it So then I showed them the other one Bruno Bruno, Bruno. Not, they hated it. They, they hated, hated that. that
2: Bruno is a very divisive <laughs> character. Yes. It's yeah. like you either think it's funny or you think, you think that's it's atrocious. And I right.
0: was falling out of my chair laughing. I think it's hilarious. I think it is too. I think
2: he's the ballsiest dude on the planet. When they
0: just had that picture of the dicks dick swinging. swinging in a circle yes. for oh, yeah. um,
2: however long, I mean, I was crying <laughs> laughing. And well, my parents even, were but mad. But Bruno yeah. Bruno is where he goes to, not Afghanistan, Afghanistan, and he's interviewing... People that are aligned with the Taliban and he says, why does Osama bin Laden look like a dirty Santa? Did you <laughs> remember that? No. Remember they that. literally... Was it Bruno? Was
0: it, Did he do three features or two? He did three. He what did was three. the last one? The last one was Bruno. The
2: He was this gay character. Yeah, the not, first one was, was
0: the rapper.
2: No, Ali G. Ali- no,
0: no, it's not that one. It must yeah. be
2: Bruno. I think it was Bruno. There was a a part where he is interview- where they're interviewing legit Taliban <laughs> sympathizers and he's making fun of Osama bin Laden clearly before Osama bin Laden was killed right. and you can hear the translator say it and you can see the uh, Taliban dude's face change and he, like, looks at the uh, um, <laughs> translator and, like, looks back at Sasha. And then they're both, like, we should go. Like, like <laughs> Sasha's, like, breaking character, like, fucking running now I keep saying Sasha as yeah. if I know him. Yeah. I have no fucking clue. That I've never met him in my life. Um, but they're, like, you running know, S- away. Sash. L- yeah, sash, sash. yeah. Sasha yeah: Hey, Sash. And they were like throwing rocks as the, at, at his van as they're driving he's, away. He's, that's the ballsiest. That is what a comedian should yeah. do,
1: right? Like yeah. push the edge, push the limits, Absolutely. see how far you can get. And he yeah. fucking he did. He, he went as far that. as he could. Yeah, yeah.
2: he is because that's death. He does. Andy. Oh yeah, he could have died. <laughs> yeah, like no easily. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's he's Andy Kaufman doing
2: Andy Kaufman better than Andy Kaufman did until Andy Kaufman shows up in the Bahamas and then we're like, God
0: damn <laughs> it, he got us the whole time. Yeah. And, and that's when you go, you win. You are the king. Absolutely, we all
1: quit. Yeah. We have to. You, have you to can't that beat that. I feel like Andy Kaufman and Andy Kaufman style wouldn't announce him he, he's dead until he dies. Like for Yeah, real. until he actually dies. Yeah. You know there's the Tony Clifton thing,
2: right? Like Tony Clifton is like a real person that's mm-hmm. like that people he would think teach people to play
0: him so that he could fool the world. Yeah. Ah, it's genius. Genius. Yeah.
2: It's genius except for the it ended up he played the game so hard that it, it ruined uh, his it, career. Yeah. Well, because it manipulated everybody else because they were the butt of the joke and, and, well, it was and the wrestling to thing
0: too. Yeah. Because there's nothing people like less than, than smug Hollywood people. He was the perfect villain. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Andy Coffin. Thanks yep. so much, Nate. Absolutely. Oh, Thank do you have you you any plugs? Uh yeah. when you guys uh the new oh, deal Oh, we do. The new deal does a show the first Wednesday of every month at UCB Sunset, uh 8:30 p.m. Did Come on down. Yeah. You got Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram that? at Nathan Wood, C A Y W O O D. I also have the Twitter as well, saying, right. okay. but uh I gram more. Any okay. other
1: shows, any other uh uh, uh you know uh, videos you want to plug or put out there or uh say, you know hey, i mean this.
2: uh yeah just uh i have a website nathankwood.com it has all of my d- directing portfolio so all of my um commercials sketches or web content that i'm directing will uh eventually uh, get on there so go check, check out, out what i'm directing yeah cool. cool. do you see yeah it?
0: awesome yeah. follow us foopod send us your sketches Yep, foopod at gmail.com
1: f-o-o-w-p-o-d at gmail.com check out our well we'll be adding well we will be adding to it we had uh, our first it was great we had great luck our first sketch uh, fish out of water that we shot got on the front page of funny or die nice so now we're continuing I mean it's been a a thing in the process where we are shooting a bunch of videos and editing them and then releasing them so check us out on YouTube I guess that's the best place to check us out yeah YouTube for now YouTube for now funny or die um yeah. And uh beef, we uh, we don't have a uh tagline for our show, so cool. we
0: ask all of our guests to come up with a tagline for our show. So, fish out of water.
2: Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank you.
0: This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.